Hello, and welcome to Being KB with me, Kaylee Booth. I'm here to be your bestie when your bestie's not here, and hopefully you feel a little less alone. Enjoy the episode. Anyways, this is my beautiful friend Raleigh from sixth grade. Wow, Been friends way to describe me by my looks. Beautiful, oh, intelligent, Thank you. well-traveled. And she's here to pod, talk about life fulfillment, anything else. I don't think we I have a fulfilling that. life yet, but I guess we'll discuss it here. No, you literally said you you said the other day you have all the things. You're like, I'm done with life. I have all the things. I would never say I'm done with life, but I feel like <laughs> I've checked a lot of boxes for my age. Yes. Do you want to do you want to re- talk about your rebuttals from Natalie and Maya's podcast or do you want to It's your show. You run the you run Or the do game. you want to talk about um let's start with what you said was your your checklist items. You have a lot of things. So you went to, you know, we graduated high school, went to college. Was college on your checklist? Anybody that went to our high school had college in their checklist, but it was on my checklist anyways. Like, education's important. Cool, cool. You, what else is on your checklist? Live in a different country? I don't think I ever had any predetermined checklist. I think as things came and opportunities presented themselves, I was like, that's a cool opportunity. So now um, looking back, you're like, oh, I did a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think I had a lot of really cool opportunities that not everybody had the chance to do similarly. Yeah, I can see that. You've definitely, you're definitely the, probably the top traveled person I've ever met. I think the, the top, because I don't think I've ever met anyone more traveled than you are. That's exciting. That's something like I, I consider it as a big part of my identity because I'm like proud of it. Yeah. How many do you have you counted up the countries you've been to? 52. 52. Mm-hmm. And there's like what? 130 total. I think but there's like, 198 like recognized countries or something. But a lot of those are like, you know, boring or little baby ones. <laughs> I would go to any of those too. And some of the ones that I've been to are included on that list. That's true. Oh, shit. I'm making a lot of noise. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. Do you have a top country you've been to? Uh, do you rank your countries? No, your it changes. It changes all the time. It depends on what we're talking about. But um, I feel like I always say Nepal is one of my favorites. And then I always say, or I've been thinking a lot lately about um, Argentina. Oh, you went there recently. I went there recently for my second or third time, second time, I think. Um, actually, because it just came up at work. One of our icebreaker questions was, if you had to live abroad for a year, where would you live? And mm. having already lived abroad somewhere else for a year... I said Buenos Aires because it's one of my favorite cities. So I would love to live there for a year. That's really interesting. I feel like that's a very different vibe than China. Oh, I <laughs> mean, I would definitely it. like live in China again. No problem. But you would? Of course. I'm, I'm not sure. like maybe not today with like political stuff. But like if it was how it was when I was there before, I would live there. But um, what I've, city were you in? I was in Shanghai. But Stop. I always said that if I was to go, the biggest issue of like living abroad is that like you don't have all your friends and family and everything with you and um especially like in china like it was very transient and everybody that you met like had a timeline on their visa and was like hey i'm Mm -hmm. down to be friends for this amount of time and once that's done i'm going back to connecticut or i'm going back to brussels or something and you're like oh well okay well it was nice knowing you yeah a lot of expats i would assume shanghai specifically has a lot of like business type people as well that come in and out is that true yeah definitely but 
either way like you meet friends just like you would meet friends here but mm-hmm. uh at the end of the day when you have like a timeline on any relationship it's hard yeah yeah i always i never traveled abroad in college but i always kind of thought about that i know i was thinking about how hot it was in here earlier do you really want hot. me to turn the fan on natalie we open the door a little bit or open the window kaylee i can oh yeah i can open the window what were we talking about oh uh you traveling abroad yeah I never traveled abroad, but I do feel like I always thought that about like, tra- like when you're in college for a semester at a place, like you're always like, oh, we're going to hang out. Like, I'll come visit you again. But then like, it's hard to do that. And even friends I've met abroad, it's hard to stay in contact with them. Yeah, definitely. Um, but kind of like what Natalie talked about on her episode, uh, you talk about how you figure out like who are the people, you know, you make your list of friends and you're like, these are people I stay in touch with for sure. And even though we don't have to talk every day, like you have a list that's like your go-to people. So even when I was abroad, of course, you're meeting new people, you make new friends, but you always have like people that you stay in touch with. And then, you know, eventually when I ended up back in Chicago, it was like, oh, it's really nice that I have a lot of like deeper friendships here. Um, And I get to see those people, you know, not just a text or a phone call, but I actually get to see these people. Yeah. It's very interesting because you're also somebody that like, you're like, oh, this friend I met from this random country and like blah, blah, blah. Like you just had a friend in town from when you studied abroad and or lived abroad. And that is I feel like I don't have a lot of friends that like come and stay with me that often. Some like I definitely do, but I don't have a lot of friends that travel in general. <laughs> I've realized, um, of course, if you meet somebody like when you're already in the setting of traveling, like, you know, that you have that in common and like that rings true to kyle as well but my friend that just visited me from abroad like obviously she was already known to travel and whatnot so when she came to visit like we had a good time and she's not somebody that i talk to man i probably talk to her like a couple times a year but Mm -hmm. i'll still like i'll host anybody yeah you're definitely like willing i feel like you're like a couch surfing like chill with all that kind of stuff vibes i definitely i don't know i'm always willing to host people but i feel like living in new york that was difficult because i literally had no space but also i just like haven't i'm not in the travel world or the travel scene like you are like you meet a lot of people and the people that you meet are the people that travel a lot so they're more like used to the oh yeah exactly i think we've hosted so many people this year and Mm -hmm. oh man today like today is not the day to talk to me about this because having just hosted my friend i did like 12 loads of laundry watching all the like washing all the sheets and the beddings and vacuuming and just cleaning up the mess so today i'm not in the mood to host anybody anytime (laughs) soon but uh in general like yeah i enjoy hosting people and most of the time it's like kyle's coworkers or um people i don't know i'll host anybody anytime but it also like, you know, I have a second bedroom and a second bathroom. So it definitely helps to have space. Yeah, um, that helps. Another pilot friend of Kyle's was talking about how uh, he got into a conundrum recently where like, you know, it was one of those conversations like, hey, anytime you come to Chicago, like you have a place to stay. And it was the automatic response was like, oh, yeah, same here. Mm. And somebody recently like took them up on the offer. <laughs> and it was somebody that like that was the one and only conversation that they'd had. And oh. they have a one bedroom, one bath, like pretty small apartment. And the person followed up and was like, hey, so is October good for you? And they were like, man, am I tied to it? Am I committed to it? Did I offer it? Was it sincere? Yeah, it's definitely, I feel like now that we're kind of in a phase where we, some of us are getting more space or two bedrooms or whatever, it's like not as big of a deal because you do have a little bit more space. But I definitely like to have my own space. (laughs) 
but I do. It depends on the person for sure. Also, for the fans of the pod, uh, Kyle is Raleigh's boyfriend, and he is a pilot, so he also is very well traveled and knows a lot of people. Exactly, but also, like, this is not an open invitation to all of Kaylee's listeners, but. I've also like used people for their houses before where I'm like, hey, I really want to go visit Cincinnati. Does anybody I know live there? Oh, I'll call up my long lost friend and, you know, crash on their couch so that I can explore Cincinnati. And, you know, if they want to have dinner with me, fine. But if not, like I'll do my own thing because I'm fine, you know, traveling on my own. And if I really want to see Cincinnati, like, you know, I'll just crash on your couch. Yeah. But then there's also people that like expect more of the hosting situation. So I'm like, you know what? I have the second bedroom. You're always welcome to do either or. Yeah. I'll host you or you can just crash in my house. But yeah, you're definitely somebody like I was talking to Natalie about my views of her, but you're definitely somebody. The first adjective is like well-traveled, but also you're easy to travel with because you are pretty easygoing about what you do. And if you're like, oh, I want to do this thing, then you're like willing to go off on your own and do it. And there's like certain people you travel with that are like, you have to come do all of this stuff with me. And they like are codependent and attached at the hip. And Wow. Well, we'll wait until Kyle's on the podcast and see if he agrees. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how you travel with Kyle. Maybe it's different. But we when we've traveled together, you're pretty independent, which is nice. I just usually when I travel and I will definitely this is not an ad, but I love Google Maps and I have all sorts of playlists and I have sponsors. Sponsor us, Google. I'll take your sponsorship. Google's got other sponsors, other people to sponsor. I know they probably, but anyways, I'm a big fan of like Google Maps and I'll go through like before a trip and just bookmark restaurants, places, museums, everything I want to see. And then I feel like I definitely like dictate the trip. And if I'm traveling by myself, that's like my itinerary for myself. And I make sure to hit all the places that I want to hit. And then I also like have time for like wandering and getting lost and stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah, you do both. I like to do that too, where you have a couple things planned, but you also allow for some. And it depends on who you're with. Cause like Kyle's a good sport and he's like, I definitely want to see it all, but I also want more time to get lost. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But as long as we like hit these things and also we have to start at 8 a.m. Cause we have to fit it all in. Yeah. But there are definitely people that I've traveled with that do not feel that way. And they're like, oh no, I'm on a totally different timeline. Right. What is, like, your bar for hitting, a like, being, like, this is a good trip? Like, is there something you have to do? Or, like, do you have to hit a touristy thing? Or do you have to, like, get the best food? Or, like, what is something that you're, like, that was a good trip? No, I don't define a trip as good or bad. Anytime I get to get out of the house is a good time for me. Like, I have very low standards. I just like to be social and explore. Um, So I would never say a definition of good or bad trip. Um, as far as the things that I like to do, like, I know I always like to get, like, a local experience and then some of the, like, tourist stuff. Like, you know, if I was to tell people to come to Chicago, I'd be like, you definitely have to try Deep Dish. You know, you definitely have to have a shot of Malort. Like, <laughs> are those things that the local people do? Like, probably not. But, like, they're things that you can't really find anywhere else. So I try to do those kind of things when I travel, too, even mm-hmm. if they're not legit. But yeah. um, and then I also search out, like, the more authentic things. Right, yeah. Interesting. It's funny that you don't, like, rate a trip as good or bad. I've definitely had some trips that I'm like, that sucked. (laughs) And it's not really, like, it's never, like, the destination. It's more of, like, chaos, if, like, chaos happened. Like, I've been with my family, and I've changed my travel plans because I was like, fuck you guys. I'm not spending any more time with you guys. And then I've had to rechange them back once one of them apologized. So No, I've had plenty of trips that... In that sense, like you could define as bad, but I think I enjoy like I enjoy the adaptability of it. And like anytime 
you know, you, things go differently than planned. Um, it's just part of the adventure and you you figure out how to adapt to it. That's true. You're definitely adaptable. I know that after our trip to South America, you were in the hospital for like a hot sec. That's right. Adaptability is my number one Ms. Briggs test oh. result for everybody out there listening that takes Myers-Briggs. Mine's the second one for the strengths, whatever, Clifton strengths, exactly. adaptabilities up there. I like that. I like that we have that in common. <laughs> Dang. Well, that's awesome. I feel like travel is definitely something I, I think of you as like identifying with, but you're also like a very, you like are close to your family, but they also travel too. I feel like a lot. So, and you do your trips every year. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and adaptability, I feel like it has its ups and downs, you know, like in a professional setting, like I always enjoyed it because, you know, you could take on new challenges or say, you know, I'm ready to pivot at a moment's notice, but then, mm-hmm. um, I remember the quote that my professor used to always say is like, if you're ever in an interview and they ask you what your biggest weakness is, you say it's my strength, my strengths in excess. So mm. I am too adaptable. I take on more than I can handle. Mm. And then, you know, I might be hard to like figure out priorities or something. And I definitely mm. do that. And, you know, having just recently switched jobs, I definitely see like how it's really hard to prioritize things when I'm trying to be open minded and take on new things. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of like what Natalie hit on. And she's like, I have to prioritize my time. There's only so many hours in the day. Mm. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I have some days that have 25 hours in them because somehow I managed to fit all this stuff in and it should not have been humanly possible. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. You're definitely somebody that like seems to have endless energy and you're always doing things. And yeah, I don't know if it's like pressure that you feel like, do you feel like you overcommit yourself or do you feel like it's just like, your natural ability to like always keep going it's definitely both i think i have a little bit of a people pleaser um tendency Mm -hmm. but not so much so that like i feel like i'm hurting somebody's feelings it's more of like if i committed to something like i definitely committed to it Mm -hmm. um i'm gonna hold true to it um i'm trying to think of what else that we were talking about do you ever say no to a trip like have you ever said no to someone who was like let's do this trip with me i know you usually when i'm talking about like oh i really want to travel here you're always like oh just let me know when like i'm down to go it was a lot different with like my old job and i was a little bit more flexible and i was able to work remotely like Mm -hmm. in all senses of the word my new job is a little bit more limiting but like if it was within the 48 states or something and i could like work from vermont for endless amount of time i'd be like sure i'm down let's go um Mm -hmm. You know, now I have a little bit more limited PTO and restrictions and whatnot, but I would still figure out like a way to make it happen or um, yeah. there's no place that I would be like, oh, no, that place just sounds boring. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely seem like somebody that would be willing to go anywhere and see anything, which I feel the same way. Like I even if I don't have an interest in necessarily going there, I if somebody was like, oh, I'm going to take this trip. Do you want to come? I'd be like, yeah, that sounds fun because it's just like a new experience, which is always a good time. But obviously, like that changed during COVID. You were, I remember before COVID, you were traveling like literally every weekend out of the country. And then COVID hit and you had to stop. But you were in, I guess you were in San Diego for a lot of that, right? How was that time? (laughs) I really hope, well, it doesn't matter now because I don't work at my old company anymore. But as far as my old company knew, um, I was at my desk in Chicago for the last two years. And I guess that trickled down and that's what Kaylee heard. Um, I okay, actually Brian went, definitely knew that you were in San Diego because I was like, oh, yeah, Raleigh's in San Diego. We actually went to 18 states over COVID. 
Uh, oh, so you did travel a lot. Yeah. So I remember you said something at one point earlier, too, about like, oh, man, you didn't get to travel during COVID. And I was like, um, COVID did not slow me down. And it was states. not. Have you been to all the states? I have not been to all the states. I think I've been to 30 states. Oh, that's pretty good. They're still almost almost half missing. But um, yeah, we went to like a good chunk of states um, and it was all, you know, like work related and Kyle had some different projects and whatnot. But there was also mm-hmm. a point of COVID where it was like it was very irresponsible to be like crossing state borders and doing any kind of recreational travel. So right. that's why it was always like, oh, Kyle's got to go here for work. And like one of his biggest projects was like six months in Hawaii. And everybody's like, oh, you're spending Hawaii. You're spending COVID like locked up in Hawaii, you know poor thing or like you know then there was also like oh you're one of those digital nomads that's like ruining ruining it for the locals and whatnot and i was like i'm really just here to like do my work and you know i've yes. never even heard that that must be like a traveler thing do people say they you talk say shit that about it, that yeah but you could say that about any place like you know any place that people want to post up for a short-term rental or something like you know it throws off real estate markets it throws off mm. crowd control anything but yeah definitely on an island it's like amplified but uh Dang, I didn't even think about that, but I guess yeah, that makes sense. With people, I know people like hate. Maybe Airbnb. I think about it all the time because with my place, I always think like, oh man, can I Airbnb? Can I Airbnb? Yeah, you're my. Well, you're not my only friend who owns who's a homeowner, but you're one of few. How is how has been the house buying? You bought it a year ago. Congrats. Mm-hmm. That's right. And you bought it in Chicago. What made you decide to buy in Chicago? Because uh, you were here. or everything it was you know my boyfriend's job he had a a choice of a couple different places but sneeze um he had a choice of a couple different places anyways um i think it it happened really fast like he got the job um and then covid happened and his job was on hold and then Mm -hmm. it was kind of like oh okay well all this time has passed um i think it just felt natural to like be back in chicago he was already like apartment hunting and i was like you know what I have the money, I have the resources, whatnot. And at this point in COVID, like interest rates and everything are really low. And I was like, why would I throw money away for rent if I have the, if I have the resources to be able to buy it? Um, Mm -hmm. And I knew from the get go that like, maybe I'll just own it for a couple of years or I might only live in it for a couple of years and then rent it out. So um, it was a pretty easy decision, but it was, it was really interesting, like doing it through the first time and just being like, oh my gosh, what is an inspection? And what is like, you have to get everything repaired and audited and whatnot. And yeah. uh, that kind of stuff was crazy. And like, I don't want to say it was like, thanks to COVID that I was able to do it. But like, thanks to COVID, I saved like two years of salaries and whatnot. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, thanks to COVID, interest rates were really low. And thanks to COVID, you know, nobody was living in downtown Chicago. So I probably got a good price price on my place. Yeah. Um, yeah. All of the above. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think of you as somebody that I know I was talking about with Natalie just about like money and where you like you where you spend your money and what you value. And I definitely like you're not somebody that like has excess. You know, you seem to like spend your money on things wisely. Obviously, this is an outside view. I don't know if you feel the same, but, you know, I think our generation in general tends to spend on experiences a lot, which I like I think that's a good thing but I know me personally I spend on everything because <laughs> I want everything but I do think travel and like you know saving for a house like those are the things that I'm starting to be like oh yeah like I don't want to go to a restaurant in Chicago every week if I can like save up and travel or save up and like buy a house or save up and do things like that 
So it's really interesting. Uh, yeah, exactly. The Obviously, it's coming from a place of privilege to be like, oh, yeah, I had the resources to be able to like live at home or like live on the road and not have to spend a dollar. Yeah. You know, and I didn't my job during COVID and there's plenty of people that died. And like, yeah, things could have been like way worse for me. And I had it. I had it comparatively very good. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm sure like your your parents are obviously like big travelers as well. Like your mom was a flight attendant and your dad. I don't know. Your dad is just like naturally a traveler also. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, they both just had like experience in like financial whatever money management and they like Mm -hmm. you know were very supportive the whole time through and i was like oh my gosh it's really crazy to see this number in your bank account go from a to b and you're like oh no it it didn't disappear it was reallocated and it was like reinvested and that's Mm -hmm. going to be a good investment down the road and yeah um you know i knew when i was looking at property and whatnot um i knew that my parents had advised like well you don't spend like every dollar you have on the property itself like you obviously want to have a cushion to be able to like furnish it and do some renovations and whatnot so totally before i did any of that like i was considerate of that number um and ultimately like you know i was i didn't have to spend every dollar of my savings and i had a good cushion so Mm -hmm. um i was in a good place and then like also you know i brought most of my furniture like from my parents place or like a lot of it was from goodwill and like um Mm -hmm. i would say i spent very minimal money furnishing my place and I feel like it doesn't look that way. So I'm yeah. happy with it. And, you know, I knew that I was probably only going to live there like a couple of years or that I would live in it myself. So, um, yeah, I'm happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting because you have as much as you've like, quote unquote, moved. It doesn't seem like you've like permanently moved where you had to like spend, like move all your furniture. And like Thomas and I moved from, you know, Louisiana to new orleans like to arkansas to new orleans new york to chicago like we've moved so many times and like brought shit with us that it like that move costs money but if you're just bringing like a suitcase or a couple suitcases for like six months it's such a different i don't know you're still living somewhere but you're not like spending the money to move quote unquote so yeah exactly and like you know the places i lived after college like when i lived abroad my place was fully furnished and then you know i lived at my parents house when i came back from living abroad and then I lived on the road and, you know, Kyle's company paid for all of his hotels and accommodations and whatnot. So, you know, every step along the way, I was just really lucky to save all that money. And like, yes, I definitely have weaknesses. Like I splurge a lot on food and experiences, Mm -hmm. unlike you and Natalie, like, you know, to each their own. But like, I am no fashionista. I am not influenced by social media. I live very simply as far as like wardrobe and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, just spend my money differently. And I've been lucky to that. It, like it worked for me and I was able to manage it well to buy my place. Yeah, it definitely shows like you've been a good example of like spending money and like allocating it to the things that really matter. Like it, when you're traveling, like you don't have to have like you don't have to go to the four seasons for every hotel. You can stay with friends if you know someone or you can do, you know, a cheap whatever airbnb or or uh what are they called in your like a hostel hostels or like a, yeah yeah i definitely like that's how i travel the majority of the time and you know now i could probably afford to stay somewhere nicer although i still like the experience like i think i always like the thrill of the challenge like when you were saying mm-hmm. you're like oh i get so upset when plans change i think there's certain aspects of my life like work or something or like if we were supposed to hang out on friday night and you cancel me last minute then i'm like oh no like this is the worst thing that could happen i'm so upset Mm -hmm. but like 
other aspects of life i feel like if things pivot i'm just kind of like take it as it goes and i'm like oh mm. okay on to the next thing mm-hmm. yeah i mean definitely try i feel like the when you travel the way that you travel, you definitely have to be willing to like change plans. And if you travel with different types of people, then you have to be willing to kind of like pivot and change plans. And I think that is a good, definitely a good ability, but a lot of people, I mean, I don't, I'm adaptable, but I don't know. Like at some point I'm like, okay, I don't really want to do that. And I'll say like, no do it. But you know, it just depends. And obviously if I was in the hospital in a foreign country, like I would be freaking out a little bit more than you seem to be freaking out. So it is like, I don't know. You seem like you have a confidence when you're like in an uncomfortable place, which not many of us do. I feel uncomfortable being in a, at a party. So my social, there's, I think there's a different like measurement for those kind of things like i'm i'm totally introverted and if i'm at a party with a bunch of people you'll find me like on the couch like maybe talking to like one new person or something and i'm i am extroverted in the sense that like yes i like talking to strangers and i'll definitely make friends with my local barista but like at a big party i need to be in a smaller group doesn't mean i won't talk to somebody new but i need to be in a smaller group Mm -hmm. but then um you know as far as What was your point you were just saying? Like when you travel, you seem really comfortable with the uncomfortable. Oh, that like, so I worked at the study abroad office my senior year of college. And Mm -hmm. like, I remember when I, when I wrote my cover letter for the job, I was like, I've, you know, broken bones in other countries. I've been in hospital beds. I've been kidnapped. I've been in a bomb threat situation. I've been stung by a poisonous animal. Like anything that could go wrong has gone wrong for me while I've been on the road and didn't speak the language and didn't have anybody to help me. So at that point, like what could go wrong in Chicago, Illinois that I couldn't figure out a solution to? Yeah, that's a good way to be. I definitely am like, Depending on the situation, if it has to do with me, I'm panicking. If it's somebody else's problem, I'm like, oh, don't worry. You got this. Like, it's A, B, and C. It's just being resourceful. It's not that you have to have all the answers. It's like that you have to know how to contact. And I think I, like, I remember when I was doing job interviews and stuff, they talked a lot about that. And they're like, what are your project management skills is like? Mm -hmm. And I was like, obviously, I don't know everything. But I know how to find the answer. And I can make 100 phone calls, send 100 emails, and figure out who has the answer and connect the dots. Yeah. But that's a really good way to be. I mean, that's a strong ability because I I feel like I could do that, but it's going to take me like I'm going to have to like get myself to do that. Like I'm not always. I'm definitely judgmental in it, too, because because I have experience with it. Like sometimes I make fun of other people for not being as resourceful. And I have to remember that's a skill that I've just like practiced. But I remember when I worked at the study abroad office and somebody called me in you know, Southern Illinois. And they're like, hey, I'm in Costa Rica and I just got bit by a poisonous snake. Uh, what do I do? <laughs> I'm like, you go to the hospital, you call a doctor. I was like, I should not have been your first call. Yeah. And they were so bewildered. Yeah. I guess I'm just like interested in... Anyways, I think that the... <laughs> that is... That's an ability. I, I mean, I think my immediate reaction for a long time was like, call my parents. And then obviously like being in college and living on your own, you kind of like adjust to like realizing what you do and learning those things. But when you're traveling a lot at a young age, you kind of, you do learn those things because you're like, even your parents don't know necessarily everything about every foreign country. So like you kind of see them and how they navigate things like, oh, my kid got sick. Where do I go? Like I remember I got in Peru, like you were with me um, when I got like, weird poison sun rash or whatever and i was with 
Alex and Gustavo. And thankfully, like she speaks Spanish well enough to like take me to the pharmacy and speak to the pharmaceutical guy. But, you know, I don't know how the healthcare system works in a different country. And I don't know, like, is it going to cost a bajillion dollars to like get a medication there or whatever? But I guess like just the ability of like ask and try to communicate that even if you don't speak the same language or ask somebody who speaks your language if they can translate or whatever like you definitely have to be willing to problem solve and put yourself out there which is not easy for many people exactly it's it's problem solving and just not being afraid of being like oh probably have to talk to the stranger and be like look i have a broken arm what do i do yeah I just, suck at talking to strangers. Yeah, that's you, a skill. That, well, I mean, that's a skill you can practice right here. I know, and I suck at it here, too. Are you give me, gonna give a couple drinks into me. I'll talk to anyone on the street. But before that, I'm like, oh, my God, I got to, like, pep myself up. I pep myself up to go down the street to volunteer. Like, oh, my gosh. You can ask. I mean, you can ask anybody. I know they'll tell you that I'm the first one to make a corny joke to, like, a total stranger. Definitely. And I don't like care if they don't understand didn't... it. I'm going to say it anyways because <laughs> this is my chance to practice. So exactly. If they shoot me down. It's no loss because the person who didn't get me. your joke the other day, where were we? I don't even know the example because I do it daily. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's very interesting. Well, it's definitely post COVID. People do not understand sarcasm. Like everyone's so socially awkward that it's like, I feel worse. I feel even more socially anxious and awkward and effed up. So. Maybe that's why nobody laughs at my jokes because they're socially anxious. Maybe you can't be that much of a people pleaser because I, I'm like, oh, they're not going to like me. I can't talk to them. Right, because I know I'm funny, so I'm not sure why they didn't laugh. (laughs) See, I feel like when I'm traveling as an American, I'm like, oh, they're going to think I'm a dumb American and that I don't know what I'm doing and and I broke my arm and blah, blah, blah. And So I am just like, avoid. If I don't speak to them, they won't know I'm a dumb American. Well, maybe that's your New Year's resolution is to talk to more strangers. Oh, it's definitely been on my list. My therapist is always like, Talk, go to the grocery store and talk to four people. And I'm like, fuck no, never. I'd rather die. You did your stand up stuff. That's similar. I haven't done it. I haven't done stand up yet. I thought you were taking a class. Oh, I've done. I was. Well, I did improv. Oh, to my point, like I'm ready to go on the stage right now. We went to a stand show last week and it was so bad. I was like, give me the mic. <sighs> I'm I have a lot of stage fright, which is funny because I don't see you as like a performative person, but I'm you're not, not a performative person. I just love my own sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're definitely like you don't seem socially anxious, which is something I aspire to be. I'm just internally anxious. Don't worry. There's enough mm. anxiety inside here. Well, I mean, at least it's anxiety. Everybody has anxiety. So, you know, at least it's internal. Is that better? I don't know external in the form of like pimples on my face maybe but <sighs> yeah stress when the stress leaks out <laughs> oh my gosh well and now you have a new job how is that going good bad i don't know it depends on who your listeners are oh, if this is raleigh's boss she loves her job <laughs> no i do like my job it's a good challenge um yeah. i really like that adaptability aspect of it is being like mm-hmm. i can balance a hundred things at once and i think it's a skill i still have to practice a lot is like saying no and balancing stuff mm-hmm. because like last week my boss came to me and she was like hey this came down really last minute you know somebody canceled on this project and um i need you to do this presentation this afternoon and i was like ah, but it's monday and i you know i've got a million things on my plate from over the weekend and also you know today's my day to have all these other meetings and whatnot i really don't have time for this presentation mm-hmm. um and the people pleaser in me was like yeah sure i'll do it mm-hmm. you know this is facetime with the boss and whatnot so 
yeah. I did the project and I rocked it. And like, I'm glad I said yes ultimately. But um, like I said, I think sometimes I'm I impress myself or I amaze myself with like fitting so much in a day. And I, like I work mm-hmm. well under pressure, so I know that if I'm under pressure, I will get it done. Yeah. But then come you know like Friday when I'm trying to wrap things up for the week and I'm like, oh shoot, there were a hundred things I was supposed to do this week and I really didn't get through many of them. Yeah. Like we'll just push it on to next week and then I'll worry about it for forever. Yeah. You definitely, I feel like in school, we're always somebody that like you did your projects and you did them well. And like very last minute, mind you, because the ones that are still hanging on the wall in some of those people's offices <laughs> are ones that they were like, you can tell that this was done months in advance. Yeah. And I was like, but you can't tell that I did it last night in two hours. I recall that. And then I would do last minute shit and it looked terrible. And like Mr. New Haven would know and I'd be pissed. There, I, I, I have a lot of perfectionist in me, too. So, yeah, like I work well under pressure. But it's got to be done well. So I, I have to. I guess that's the project management part is like, OK, I'll take a I'll weigh one one side for the other. I'm the perfectionist where you um, don't give yourself enough time. So you have an excuse to not try and not do well. So you just avoid. <laughs> it's the opposite because you're too afraid to be bad. So you can't give yourself any time to actually be good. <laughs> you just admit defeat right off the bat. Yeah, exactly. You can't try. Can't, tr- can't fail if you don't try, so. That's no good. You have lots to work on. I, yeah, that's why I'm in therapy. <laughs> that's why I'm getting back into therapy. That's why Dr. P and I spent a lot of time together last year. I think but this podcast just twisted it. I think I'm the host now telling you to get therapy. This is for me. This podcast is my therapy. I need to find out what fulfills everybody. Does your job fulfill you? Hell no. If I didn't have to work, if I was independently wealthy and money grew on a tree in my backyard. What would, would you do? What would I do? I would yeah. do anything but like work. Um, I'd have, you know, I would still have creative outlets. I'd still travel. I'd still, I don't know. Most of my daily life would probably look the same. If I had enough money that I like, didn't have to do chores, that would be awesome. <laughs> You'd have like a, a dry cleaner and a. Not even a dry cleaner. Laundry is easy. But like, <laughs> I feel like I mop my floors like daily. It's just mm. always dust. You could have a cleaning lady. Right. I don't have a cleaning lady. Even now that I'm not independently wealthy i feel like i should have a cleaning lady because i'm cleaning too much yeah well you could i'm not that level of wealthy interesting so would you work at all i'm curious about if people would work if they were wealthy i think i would i I couldn't do nothing i would be bored right does it need to be like a job that pays me money i don't know like i could also probably just like volunteer or yeah do some nonprofit kind of stuff i usually assume that people whatever they do in their free time they would do if they didn't have to work, they would do that, but maybe, like, make a business out of it. Like, if you're, like, a knitter in your free time, like, would you make a knitting business or something if you weren't worried about failing financially, you know? No, because I even if now, true. if I am worried about failing financially, I have plenty of skills that I could turn into businesses, and I don't, so. So you wouldn't turn those into businesses? I mean, I really enjoy the marketing field and the business field, and I mm-hmm. like... I like looking at like the creative side of the analytics and how they come together and where they intersect and whatnot. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, would I be looking at KPIs all day long? No. Interesting. Do you, I was always shocked that you didn't have a travel job, like a job that, I mean, obviously your job is remote, so you have some flexibility there, but I'm shocked that you weren't like, I don't know, whatever, like a, I don't know, travel blogger. What do, what do jobs travel a lot? I actually tried to be a travel blogger when I was living abroad. Um, mm. There was this one like media channel um, and they were always looking for like 
people that wanted to write articles about their travels Mm -hmm. and i emailed them and i was like hey i'm doing this like backpacking trip i'm gonna hit all these countries Mm -hmm. like i'd be willing to write about whatever you want while i'm there and they never responded i was Mm. like okay lame like how many people are willing to write articles about their time in you know nepal yeah um never responded so anyways probably for the best because well i don't know not my life wouldn't have changed if they had responded but anyways yeah um like I said, I'm not really active on Instagram. I really don't care about influencers. I really don't care what anybody's doing yeah. on their weekends and whatnot. So I, I, of course, take pictures while I'm traveling. And, um, you know, I have the pictures like hanging in my house. Or one day, like, maybe I'll make a little book for myself. But uh, if my friends ever want to see my travel pictures, I'll bring them up on my phone. But uh, I don't post them on any social medias or any blogs. And I don't try to profit off of any of them. It's just a fun hobby. Um, and I think there's a fine line between like monetizing your hobbies and they're like, if you really enjoy it that much and you think that you can make money off of it, good for you, you know, work, whatever, enjoy your job and never work a day in your life or whatever that phrase is. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's fine. But also you don't want to kill the passion or the creativity behind it. Like I have a friend that has a small business on Etsy mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, why did you never pursue this full-time and she's like um hello i don't have the bandwidth to like make creative my full-time job and my part-time job that would kill the fun of it yeah Um, that's really true actually yeah you don't i never thought about it you literally never post you could have like you could be an influencer aka post all your travel pics all over the world like that girl from high school that does it annie graft she's like all over the place travel posting and you could do that because you have a lot of you travel more than she does yeah, I travel a lot, but I, I but it, also it like could ruin it. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I studied marketing in school, and yeah. I did marketing for other small businesses and stuff. And like, you know, I know the formulas. I know what you have to post at what times and whatever. And not that I have any, you know, million follower channels and stuff. But like, I know how it works, um, and that's why I'm like, I have no interest in doing that like as my own passion or like using my own posts for it. Yeah. And kind of like you and Natalie have touched on before, like I. I enjoy seeing like my friend stuff. Oh, you know, so and so went to a wedding this weekend. Oh, look, somebody had a baby. Mm-hmm. But like for the most part, I really don't care about the long lost people. I follow mm-hmm. some like fun comedians and celebrities and stuff. Yeah. Just because it's fun and I like following, I don't know, different news outlets and whatnot. But as far as my pictures and like anxieties and things, like social media, first of all, is a huge point of anxiety for everybody. Mm-hmm. And second of all, I always thought like, you know, why should I post my stuff? As did I always worried that there was like a fine line of thinking people thinking that I was spoiled or that I was entitled to these things mm. because I had family and friends in like the travel industry or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then being like, well, how did you afford a vacation? Now here I am living paycheck to paycheck. And I was like, I don't ever want to make anybody feel that way. Mm. Um, you know, my friends know how I travel. And, you know, if they ever want to see pictures, they can see my pictures. Um I forgot where I was going with this. But anyways, yeah. I would never want to contribute to somebody's anxiety. I know when I've had mm. this argument before, people were like, who cares? Like, it's your Instagram channel. You know, post whatever you want. If you want to post your travel pictures, that's cool. It's their fault if they're anxious about it. And I was like, I just don't feel like social media should work that way. You know, yeah. I'll follow somebody and they can post that, you know, they moved or they got married or something. But, you know, even my social media, as far as anybody that's following my profile, I don't have a single picture of my boyfriend on there. I think the last time I posted was like two years ago. And since then, I've been to how many different vacations and travels and whatnot. I'm like, anybody that knows me knows where I've been, knows who I'm dating, you know, knows where I live. And why does it matter to any other bots and algorithms out there? (laughs) 
because it doesn't and also like i'll scroll and like i'll follow you and natalie or something and just be like oh i'm glad they're you know doing fun stuff this weekend but like i also just hate the ads and like yeah i have definitely bought things off of like instagram before um and of course like being a new homeowner i scroll through like a lot of like furniture stuff and blogs Mm -hmm. but i'm also like very frugal and i'll be like oh that's nice i could probably find that somewhere else yeah yeah that is really interesting i i I talk a lot of shit about how people travel online. Jared Free does some funny shit about like. Right. And you scared me out of posting on Instagram. (laughs) Well, I didn't mean to do that. But it is funny because he's like, oh, it's uh, how to how did the girls afford to go to Europe every week of the summer like season? Jared Free does some joke about that. And I'm like, that's so true. I'm literally like. I've posted about that and I had people respond being like, oh, yep, I'm the one in credit card debt because I had to go to like 17 weddings this year. And I was like, that's a fucking nightmare. That makes me so mad. I'm mad for them. It makes me so You also get stuck in the cycle or if it's like, oh, I need to I need to post that I traveled or like nobody's going to know that I traveled 52 weeks of the year. And back when I used to post, I'd be like, oh, look, I'm in. I know Arizona for the weekend here I am and here's every restaurant that I went to and here's every famous landmark that I saw and here's the people I was with mm-hmm. and I was like to what end like especially if I was taking like two trips a week yeah. I'm like I don't really think anybody cares yeah I, and it's true like we all know like we'll text you and be like hey are you around this weekend and you're like no I'm in Arizona then I'm like oh Raleigh's in Arizona I've met your boyfriend we know your boyfriend like it is true like the people that give a shit about you and know you actually know what's going on so you don't need to like you know, I like I liked Instagram better when it was like you actually follow the people, you know, and then you can post and it's actually like a social app. But now it's just like a bragging slash advertisement platform. I don't know. It's but I also I mean different now. Don't get me wrong. I like influencer stuff. You know, sometimes my friends will post that they went to a new restaurant or there's a pop up at this place over here. And I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. I'm going to go check that out. Good references. But I'm not going to post it. Yeah. Yeah. I always I I try to still use it as a social platform so people respond to me and talk to me, but it's always like the same five people I hang out with. So I'm like, why am I using this? And when I was doing like the social media stuff for small businesses, I felt like that was my creative outlet with it anyways. Right. Back when I used it for personal reasons, you know, it was like it's fun to like post and think of captions and edit the photo and whatnot. Yeah. But then when I was like doing it because it was required for like work stuff, I was like, you know what, this this fulfills the creative need, but also like this is such a burden of like having to post mm. this, you know, every Tuesday night at 6 p.m. because that's when viewership's high. Like totally. And I was like, this isn't fun anymore. I just want to like scroll through what I want to scroll through when I have free time. Totally. And I'm not obliged to post two pictures from every trip that I go on every time I go somewhere where my outfit looks good and, you know, criticize my mascara and my outfit. And, yeah. you know, and somebody that, I saw recently was talking about how they had to buy a special outfit for their trip to Chicago because they'd already posted all their other outfits and, you know, they couldn't repeat it on the feed. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that's the last thing I would ever worry about. But that is funny. I actually think about that a bit with my um, weddings that I've, I'm going to um, is like I was like thinking about we're going to two weddings in October. Actually, soon. Fuck. I did forgot about that. Um, we're going to two weddings soon and they're in the same weekend. And I'm like, do I have to bring two dresses? Cause I'm going to post two pictures. But then I'm like, why am I even a posting a picture of me on somebody else's wedding? Like, shouldn't I post a picture of the people getting married? But they're also Thomas's people. Like it's his best friend from college and his aunt. So like, I don't even necessarily need to post about it or anything. And I obviously like fashion as I've like said, but 
social media definitely makes you feel like you can't wear the clothes that you like and you have to like buy new outfits and do all this other shit. And it's definitely not, I don't know. It's not like fun and sharing like your life anymore. It's like more pressure to look a certain way and be a certain way, which is stupid. And it is a job working in social media now has ruined my desire to be on social media. But also I want people to listen to this podcast. So follow me. But then that's the whole. Okay. But that was my next (laughs) point is that like, you know, if Natalie posts a picture of me and tags me in her story, you know, the the common thing to do is repost it to your story. And I have plenty right. of people that tag me in that stuff and they're like, why didn't you repost it? Like, I need more views. And I'm like, I don't care about your views, your followers, anything, because anybody that has a mutual friend between us, like, can talk Saw to it. me or call me and ask me what I did this weekend totally. or ask me to grab coffee because, like, if you actually want to know what's going on, I'm available. Yeah. Very interesting. I, yeah, social media is, very interesting but also i i think everybody would agree that i'm always the person that like i'll reach out even if you've not answered my texts in months like i'll be like okay kaylee i haven't seen you a few months where you been like let's grab coffee um you're a good planner i'm really bad at that i'm like i'm a yes person if people ask me i'll say yes if i'm like not doing a family thing or whatever but I suck at reaching out. That has been my 2022 list to get it better on. It's been on. on your 2001 list, Kaylee. And I it's know. just not Every your strength. But it's not my strength. I actually talked to Ruth about this, about how I'm trying to call her more on my last pod, too. And she said, you've been saying that for years. And I'm like, I know. I don't think I have any friends that are as uh, forwardly outreaching as like I am. Yeah. But it's just like, I know that I know that about myself and I know that about my friends. And like, yeah, I go through cycles where I'm like, dang. You know, Kaylee never calls me. I must not rank on her, you know, top friends list. But then I'm like, but I also know Kaylee and I know that she's probably sitting on the couch. It's not like she's out yeah, not doing and anything. not inviting me. So <laughs> I, like, I don't mind reaching out when I know that my friends are that way. But I definitely have cycles where I'm like, yeah, man, like I need to reach out. You know, we all need to recon- reconvene and reconnect. And yeah, yeah, we should have these weekly dinners. And I'm like, OK, well, I know Kaylee's not going to plan them, so I'll plan them. I'm bad at planning. I've. That's what I realize the anxiety is. It's not the fact that I want to. It's not the fact that I'm scared to reach out to you. It's the fact that I have to like figure out a plan and it has to be interesting enough for my friends to want to do it. And then it's it's like an anxiety like that. It doesn't have to do with the fact that like I actually feel like I reach out to you more than a lot of people, which is funny because you obviously don't think that. But comparatively to other people, because you're somebody that I feel less pressure, like you're not going to you seem easygoing. So you're not like gonna you know if i say hey like what are you doing this weekend you'll be like oh a b and c are going on do you want to do any of these things where some people won't give you anything back and then i'm like shit i have to figure out a plan and i'm bad at that and i'm bad at deciding things well it's nothing on you because like off the top of my mind i know two people that like message me regularly and it's like hey this is happening this weekend do you want to go and i'm like yes thank you for planning it because i feel like i'm always planning it but also you are i feel like i'm not (laughs) I'm not type A. I feel like I'm always more, I always categorize myself more as type B. But Mm. now seeing how relaxed Kyle is, I feel like I'm more and more type A, like in comparison anyways, Mm. because Mm -hmm. I will like on a Monday, I'll be planning for the next weekend. And I'm like, hey, I heard that this was happening these days, these days, you know, this is the time commitments. Okay, well, it looks like we need four people. Like, let's grab Kaylee and Thomas, Um, you know, or, you know, hey, let's talk about a taco Tuesday next Tuesday. Let's invite all 10 people. And I'll send out the message. And that's interesting that you say that you're anxious about like the nitty gritty of it because that's the part where I, again, the adaptability. I'm like, 
Yeah. I'll go with the flow. Let's just like lock in Tuesday because that way I can get everybody to commit. They're locked into it and I'll figure out what I'm serving like the day before. Oh my God. Planning Thomas's surprise party. I had anxiety. Literally my friend Carson showed up first and she's like, are you okay? You seem really stressed. I've never seen you like this. And I was like, ah, (laughs) I was like panicking. I just, yeah, I feel a lot of anxiety about it. No, I would have looked at it as like, as long as Thomas walks in the front door and he's surprised, like whatever, the food will get itself together. The people will get themselves together. Like everything will fall into place. Yes, there's some logistics and some work you have to do behind the scenes, but like most Mm. of it will do itself. So that's the stuff I never worry about. That is my perfectionism coming into play because I'm like, oh, if people show up and the house is dirty, they're going to think I'm disgusting and hate me. Or, oh, if like Thomas isn't surprised, then he's going to be disappointed in this party or like like stuff like that. So if I thought that interesting. I would not have been on this podcast, because if anybody of your any of your viewers could see this room, there's shit all over the floor. Well, this is the junk room. This okay? is the end of the podcast. This is the end of the podcast. Now that you've insulted my podcasting space. This is Thomas is cleaning all this shit up. This is his shit. As anxious as you are, you're not a clean freak. So, no, I am a clean freak. I'm not a I'm a the clutter. There's still clutter, though. All right, Kaylee, we'll add that it's to clean. your 2022 or 2023 New Year's resolutions. Also, this goes back to my oldest, my oldest high school friends who are the oldest siblings always shitting on me. I'm keeping I you accountable. Not, yeah, keeping me accountable. You need to be better at reaching out. You Rude. need to be more clean. And I forget what the other third one was. But and this is not dirty. I've, I sweeped the floor and stuff. It's just that Thomas. This is Thomas is all his shit. And that's work, work, blanket. I don't care what it is. I just don't Why have do you space. have a cutlery set in your office? That's getting thrown out, donated. Those books are thrown out. Work. Kaylee, I've been here every weekend. Like, your cut literally has been on this floor that's for been weeks. newly donated or new to the donation stack it was up in the kitchen because okay, you, know you were considering <laughs> using it at the office and, and now you've decided pod. you don't need it here anymore no it was not supposed to be probably said i'm gonna use this podcast time to air my grievances <laughs> <laughs> this st- shit i have all this shit from work that i don't know where to put <laughs> it okay well thanks for coming on the pod we're gonna go eat dindin if you need to reach kaylee 1-800-fix-my-life <laughs> I am great at fixing lives. So bye. Wait. What? Also, if Kaylee never reaches out to you, you have to reach out to her first. Yeah. No, I'm going to reach out. I'm reaching out more. I texted you like last week and said, hey, what if you're you listening doing? to this podcast and you haven't heard from Kaylee in a while, it's time for you to text her because she's not going to reach out first. OK, dinner time. Goodbye. Goodbye.